Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay. Thanks for joining us on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show this week. I'm Robert Johnson, president of the Duncan Duo, filling in for Andrew Duncan with hosting duties this week. Here with Joseph Guastella. Did I say that right? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Guastella. Guastella. Okay. One of our agents here. I've worked with Joseph for a while. His last name's just confusing to me. So So he's here with me filling in uh, co-hosting roles. I definitely appreciate it. I don't, I definitely don't want to come here and talk to myself, but uh, you know, I'm filling in for Andrew who's, who's uh, out this week and um, lots of real estate news this week. A lot of changes in the market. Some good, some not great changes that have happened in the last week. But um, one of the things that we were talking about before we started that has changed in the past week, last Friday, and we're talking Friday, early February, not this Mm -hmm. past Friday, there was the largest jump, single day jump in mortgage rates in several years. Uh, it was the largest one day jump. And then they continued to go up on Monday and then kind of creeped higher this week. So not great news. If you're a home buyer, um, they did jump back over seven and they're averaging over seven now. So again, it is far from, you know, the eight and a half we, we had, but you know, at one point a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago, they were in uh, averaging mid sixes to about mm-hmm. 6.7. And I think with our price points, uh, you know, every little bit makes a huge difference. And what we were kind of expecting, what everybody was kind of expecting was that the rates were going to keep going down, although the Fed did end up holding steady with, you know, rate cuts instead of, you know, cutting like people had expected. And they held steady because of the jobs report and some other economic factors that made them feel like they didn't necessarily want to cut. I think things came in a little more higher and aggressive than they thought. And then one of the issues with the mortgage market is even though it doesn't necessarily always follow what the Fed does and what the overall rate is, it's usually, you know, follows other things. And a lot of that six and a half percentage, a lot of that low rate was really pricing in that the Fed was expected to cut rates. So when they didn't, it really jumped up. Do you think, Joseph, as far as what you've seen in the past week, I mean, how do you think that that's impacted activity? Yeah. So let me go back a little bit, I guess, to about October of last year. They were almost at eights. Oh, yeah. Right. And I could see a really, really um, slow down in the market then. What I saw actually in January, Robert, when they actually hit six, six and a half, there was an influx of people right away. I know our team put a lot under contract in January. And then in the last week or two, when they jumped up, it's just almost, it's stale again or it's slowed down a little bit. So I know, I still feel it's a great time to buy because I know, and January proved this, I know when rates come down, even a point, to six and a half, there's going to be influx of people well, clamoring w- to get in. What was interesting about how they came down, and they did come down very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a little surprised at that because usually, like gas prices, I say, they will trickle, trickle, trickle down and they shoot up. But I will say they did come down pretty quickly last time. But what you did see was kind of exactly what we have talked about in the real estate profession where especially locally, we don't think prices are going to be moving down very much. And they could dip. They could pull, you know, one of those where they come down a little, go up a little, come down. But overall, 
the trend has been up and it has been up over the past year, uh, about 3%. And what, what happened was when they did come down so quickly, so many people jumped in the market. And that's exactly what we think is going to be the overall trend is people are really, really, really sitting on the fence. They're very sensitive to that rate movement. And when you're talking about prices that are averaging over 400,000 in our market, I think you know the average the average is over 400 um maybe like 420 something right, like that right just over 400 um when when the price is averaging that those rate movements of even a little bit make a big difference in payment so you see people that completely jump off the fence or maybe they were you know out there looking and rates got so high they couldn't necessarily afford what they wanted anymore so they were waiting and man you saw multiple offers come back real quick and i think that that's going to be the overall trend. And I do think it'll get to a point where rates will be so attractive again that sellers are also going to sell. And that's going to really loosen the market up. And and overall studies have shown that rates need to be about 5.5% for that to happen. Because going to 5.5 from a 3 or a 3.5 isn't that bad, but going from a 3.5 to an 8 is really shocking. Right. Um, but I think that once rates go down, you're really going to see those multiple offers come back. I, I agree with you. And I we saw a little bit of that in January. We just got, I, I feel like, a little bit of taste, like a taste of it, because they went down to around six and a half. Now, if you do stuff like a rate buy down or something like that, that sellers now are willing to pay for um, just to get you know their homes sold. I mean, if it's 7%, um, they realize that buyers need a little help with the rate Absolutely. to even afford it. Um so we're setting the expectations for our sellers to expect that from buyers. Mm -hmm. And that has helped substantially. Yeah. And a rate buy down, when you talk about that, that's really just another way for a seller to contribute closing costs, correct? Right. So instead of putting closing costs maybe towards, you know, uh, title fees or, or something like that, Loan whatever. origination fees, yeah. what have you, right. It's really going towards buying down the rate for the buyer. So the buyer's putting it directly towards the mortgage. That's right. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, and I will tell you that, and, and you know, cause you're in the business. I mean, you are seeing that a lot more where, uh, and we talked about it, but we've had Josh on the show before and some different lenders that we've had, but you're seeing that buyers are requesting things like that from sellers. And it actually makes it a lot more palatable to the buyer, especially if they're doing, you know, a two, one buy down where, maybe for the first two years, their rate is lower than the overall rate of the mortgage. So then at the end of that period, they can either refinance or they're kind of used to the payment going up at that point. And maybe they're factoring in that they're getting raises and other stuff by that point. But the goal hopefully is that they can eventually refinance. And even going down to about six and a half, six point seven percent 6.7%, I think I saw that refinance uh, rates were up like 25% compared to at the height I mean, refinances has almost completely gone away, and they did go up by about 25%. Um, and then another thing that I saw was the amount of people that averaged, you know, the amount of people that hold a mortgage, what their rate average is. And the people that have a high rate mortgage that isn't 3% or even 2.9 or something crazy low, that has really increased. So, you know, obviously a lot of people have bought homes in the last two to three years when rates have not been at 2%, especially the last two years. So the amount of people that are in more expensive mortgages as a percentage of homeowners has definitely gone up. 
And that in turn means that down the line, two, three, four, five years, those people are not going to be as hesitant to sell. So that whole thing keeps the market a little looser, if you know what I mean. Right. I agree with you. It, it's, I mean, it's tough right now when you're sitting in somebody's dining room or kitchen and they have a 1.75 or 2.25 <laughs> interest rate and they say, hey, I'm looking to move. And, um, you know, they ask me what interest rates are and I'm, well, they're seven. But interest rates, of course, are variable, right? They're different for everybody. Um, but the average rate right now is in the seven. So when I'm speaking to them and they're kind of shocked, uh, they kind of have sticker shock. Uh, so, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. So, but prices are cheaper now, right? No. Right. They're no, not. they're not. The The pricing has not followed the rates. Yeah. And I think that also is a little confusing to consumers. Maybe that, obviously, we do this every day. So, we're used to mm-hmm. looking at prices. We're used to talking about it. It's, it's what our team does. Um, but I think overall, you know, when you hear overall market real estate news, there's a consensus, a consensus that prices have cooled, you know, the markets come down a little bit. Well, if you look locally, that's not true. So locally, prices are actually up about three and a half percent this year. Um, I think four percent in some places. And that's still outpacing, you know, what a normal year is. There's also a stat that says, oh, yeah, oh, days on market are, are up. Days on market are up. Well, yes, days on market actually are up if you look at the last two years. But if you go back to historical numbers, okay, 2019 and before, so 2019 and the previous four years before that, I think average days on market was something around the country like 75 days. And the average days on market now is like in the low 60s, like 62 days. <laughs> so the average days on market, nationally is still very low. And I think locally it's only about 30 days and our prices are up. So even though rates are up, our prices are also still up. So the thing is, if you're staying local and you know that in the next year, two years, whatever amount of time that you're going to want something new or you're going to want something different, or maybe you need to upsize or downsize, you know, whatever you're looking to do. The fact of the matter is, and I truly believe this, and there's agents on our team that have bought homes recently. You should buy now because what we foresee is prices are going to continue going up. There's still not a lot of inventory being built. There just isn't. And you have two choices. Either rates are going to go up and then you're going to be glad you bought or rates are going to go down and you can refinance. So the idea still to me as a potential also consumer is that I would still be buying now if I knew I wanted to buy, you know, if I knew that's something I was going to be doing in the future. Yeah, I agree with you. I I tell people right now, and I believe this in my heart of hearts, and now's a fantastic time to buy. Um, and again, going back to January, it just ticked down a little bit. Yeah. And we saw uh, people clamoring to get in homes. Um, I saw a few multiple offer situations on uh, on our listings. So I really believe in the next, let's call it year or two, of course, I don't have a crystal ball, but if it gets down even close to the fives, five eights, five nine, there's going to be an influx of people that have been waiting on the sidelines or renting month to month, waiting for rates to come down. Those are the people that are either A, unfortunately um, not going to be able to afford the home because it's a multiple offer situation, um, or B, they're just going to get, you know, they're going to get left behind. And Absolutely. it's it's not a very good situation, but right now you almost have 
the pick of the litter because not a lot of buyers are clamoring right now to get in. But there's ways, Robert, that we can combat that, like I talked about. Rate buy-downs, 2-1 buy-downs that the um, sellers can pay for. Everything's negotiable. Absolutely. And we'd love to help you negotiate that. That's what we're experts at. You know, Give us a call at our office. We'll talk to you anytime, 813-359-8990. Go to our website, duncanduo.com. We'd love to help you out there. And you can look at every home that's available there. You can talk to one of our agents. Really, we specialize in giving you options. We are very good at figuring out the market and figuring out how to get you into a property even when you think it's probably not possible, give us a call. We'd love to help you with that. And we'll be back right on right after this quick break. And we're back here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. Thanks for sticking with us through that break. I'm Robert Johnson, president of the Duncan Duo, here with Joseph Guistella. You're going to get it. I'm going to get it. <laughs> One of our lead listing agents here at the Duncan Duo. He works with a lot of sellers on our team. And one of the sellers that he actually specializes in is luxury home sellers, Mm -hmm. you know, luxury home sellers, luxury home buyers. He does a lot of luxury business. And typically in our market, especially over the last few years, what we've seen is not necessarily, um, you know, expensive mortgages that are, you know, where they're financing a lot of the property. We see in our market a lot of cash cash purchases, Mm -hmm. especially from people relocating from other areas. Um, Our market is still very attractive from a luxury standpoint. Um, it's attractive, not just because of the prices, but for the size of property you can get for those prices. So, you know, when you're looking at Los Angeles or you're looking at New York or something like that, New York's almost like its own market, but you know, you see expensive property and sometimes they're larger homes, but it's, um, you know, they don't have large lots. They're not having all these extra amenities. There's not a lot of square footage. They're right on top of their neighbor. So what's very attractive to our market is even though, oh, we might feel like it's just so crowded here, it's not compared nationally. So they come here, they're able to get a lot of money for that luxury purchase, and they're able to have a great lifestyle. So Joseph, you know, what he's seen in the luxury market market, and what we've seen in the luxury market is it's it's very strong. Uh, you know, uh, just this week we put a luxury condo in Sarasota under contract. Um, that was a very expensive condo as a second home, and when we put that under contract, but we've seen a lot of activity stay very strong in the luxury market, especially because they're not taking out mortgages on their property. So. Um, Joseph, where do you think in our market the luxury market is the strongest? What's your opinion on that? Um, first of all, by the beach, right? We of have course. beaches here and people clamor to get in the beach. And of course, they're not um, building any more beachfront properties. So right. now, <laughs> so now, um, like Paradise Island, it went under contract in two days. That was a cash buyer. And I think to your point, Robert, is that when people look at New York or look at LA, you get a lot of bang for your buck here in Tampa and the Tampa area. Even compared to South Florida. I mean, even compared to other parts of Florida. And I think people, you know, from out of our area, obviously people that live in Florida, they know what kind of market Tampa is. It's, It's a beautiful, the West coast of Florida is stunning from Sarasota up to Tampa, up Mm -hmm. to, you know, Tarpon. I mean, it's just a beautiful area. Um, calm, much calmer than the Atlantic side, tranquil, just a very good lifestyle, especially if you want to live on the water. And I think that people don't realize what kind of, not bargains, but how much cheaper it is compared to even other parts of Florida. Taxes. Absolutely. Right. They think about taxes and anything compare when you're comparing these bigger markets, right? And Tampa is becoming a bigger market. 
mm-hmm. right? I'm not saying that we're Los Angeles or I'm not saying we're New York, but um, I see a lot of influx of people from the Northeast coming here and looking to spend money. And the way they look at it is they're comparing what they can get for a few million bucks in New York versus what they can get here by the beach for a few million bucks. And it's night and day different. Well, and a lot of times what we're also seeing is um, the idea of an investment. So they're wanting to invest their money someplace. And a lot of times people want to invest their money in real estate. And so what we're starting to see is people that are purchasing here because they see the value and they foresee the good investment that it is to put their money. Right. And so that's what we're seeing is, you know, even if, um, well, number one, we're seeing a lot of people relocate here and they are making it their primary home, especially because of the lifestyle it offers and the tax benefits that it offers. But Mm -hmm. you're seeing a lot of people use it also as investment properties. And I, I would tell you that that's what you see a lot of times, you know, downtown St. Pete has a lot of condo buildings and those condo buildings are buildings that people can purchase in where as whereas downtown Tampa has a ton of building going on. But what's happening in downtown Tampa is those are all apartments. Now, I think there's positives for both. I think what's great about apartments is that those are full. People live there. That's their homes. Creates a lot of activity. Um, it, it create you know, that is people living there. What I see in downtown St. Pete is it's a lot of really expensive condos um, and people are investing there. People are buying those as second homes or just sometimes just to sit. Um, but those are still amazing values for what you're getting in that area. I mean, downtown St. Pete is gorgeous. It's a great walkable area. And people look at that and they're like, man, I can invest here, put my money here. We can come down here when we want. And so you're seeing that really happen in areas like that, which is, I mean, to have that investment going on is is great. And I think it really speaks for our luxury market. Yeah, I agree. And I still feel that the luxury market in Tampa is undervalued. Yeah. And I think people are clamoring to get in here Um, in the next five to 10 years. I'm excited to see where the luxury market in Tampa, I think it's going to grow substantially. Yeah. Especially when you're talking about beachfront, which you were beachfront, waterfront. Right. Condos. uh, I have a a 10 acre estate in Brooksville. Um, so stuff like that. And especially, um, obviously the way it's building, right. We're going to go further North, um, towards Brooksville. So having 10 acres in Brooksville, um, that's listed for one, three, nine, five. So stuff like that is going to continue to go up in price. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And if you want to talk about the luxury market, of course, give us a call. We'll give you our best advice on that. We have a lot of properties that we don't quite have on the market yet, that people that are getting their property ready, maybe they're wanting to use it for the winter and then they're going to want to list it after that. So we'd love to speak with you about that and get you into some amazing investment opportunities. Give us a call, 813-359-8990. Go to our website, duncanduo.com. And we'll be back right after this break here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. And we're back here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. Thanks for sticking through us for that long break. And, uh, you know, we were talking in the break about just crazy. Um, the market's just crazy and the stuff that's selling, uh, the stuff that's kind of sitting, the luxury market, which we feel is, you know, we were still talking about it. I just feel like it's so undervalued locally. I mean, we were just talking. I mean, he, Joseph had like a $1.2 million waterfront property that is going to be a teardown. And I mean, it sold in two days. And I, I remember when we were talking about it and we were looking at comparable sales that we were even questioning because of the comparable sales and because it was a teardown, 
in that spot if that was even a little high. And uh, no, we were wrong. No, I mean, the market you know, proved me wrong again. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, still, we wanted to get the guy top dollar and, and we did. He was thrilled. But over ask. Oh, yeah, it was I priced it aggressively. Yeah, we and we priced Multiple it. Offers. Yeah. And it, I mean, it got top for for that neighborhood even though but again waterfront i mean what's that property going to be on paradise island when they tear it down when they rebuild it you know in 10 years or five years you know it it could be upwards of probably five six million dollars yeah it's crazy but what what's even crazier is when we talk about the lack of inventory that's Mm -hmm. out there you know again if somebody wanted waterfront in that spot, there's just nothing. There's nothing. And so that goes to lack of inventory. And what's interesting is that problem is actually a national issue, you know, where there's just not a lot of inventory. Even markets where the market is down, you know, they might, you know, Austin, for example, okay, the market's down there, the market's down a lot there, but the market went up crazy there. There's a lot of people that may move there that wanted to move back to California. Who knows? But they do have a lot of inventory there. But overall, nationally, there's a lack of inventory. And that's a problem that hasn't really, there's no real solution for that. I don't think that they know what the solution is. And I think it's only going to get worse in places like Florida. But nationally, you know, when you look at sales, the stats came out this week. And in quarter four of last year, 32% of home sales nationally were newly built homes, which is really mind-blowing because they're actually not, the statistics are they're not actually building a lot of properties. They're very behind and they have been since like 2009 and 2008 in, in new builds. And still new home sales of new construction was 32% of all sales nationally in quarter four which means that you have a whole bunch of people who are in existing sale, existing homes that don't want to give up their rate. Right. <laughs> that's, that's, that's really right. what yeah, that is. Um, but I think this problem, and I've talked about this on the show before, I think this problem goes all the way back to the real estate crash of 2007, 2008, because what you had for years after that was bankrupt builders, no building going on, complete ghost towns and new construction sites. And you still had people being born. You still had people that were getting, you know, degrees. You still had people that said at the time they'd never want to own a house, but you still have population increase. You still have all this going on, but you have no homes being built. And they were at a standstill. Complete standstill. And we can't catch up. Can't catch up. And COVID didn't help either. No. And people say, oh yeah, but they so overbuilt at the time. Well, They actually did overbuild at the time, but when you look at historical average, it actually wasn't that much more than the historical average. It was just at the time, they were finally building the amount of homes they needed to build. And since then, building has never gotten up to even the 50-year average of new construction. And so also what they're building is a lot of the builders are building actually move up homes, not starter homes. They're building homes that, you know, they're going to make a lot of profit margin from. Because again, there's only so much land. There's only so much land close to the cities. Um, So you have a lot of people who want a starter home that also are not able to get into property. So they're renting. So this, this problem really isn't going away. You know, now builders are 
are able to, you know, buy down rates, get people in. I think they were saying that some of their rates for these were 5.25 plus a $10,000 credit from these builders. That's something that a seller can't match, you know, a seller right. of an existing property. So, you know, builders are able to do things like that to move their inventory. But, you know, one of the problems is they're just not building Two hundred and fifty or three hundred thousand dollar homes. They're they're building very expensive homes. Right. It seems like they're you know four to five hundred and up minimum. Right. So that's kind of the new starter home. Right. In a sense. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and that combined with high rates doesn't work for anybody. Right. And I know the builders trying to combat that, like you said, with the um, giving them incentives or giving them a, a rate buy down. So they are trying to combat that. But we have to go back to also the cost of goods has gone up. So I don't know. And that the money, the two hundred fifty thousand dollar home, is tough. I mean, what I, does that home actually look like if it was to come to fruition? Right, it just <laughs> doesn't. It doesn't make sense to a builder, even maybe. So, um, yeah, typically it's four to five hundred thousand minimum for a new construction home, and um, up from there. Yeah, um, and there's certain areas. Again, we can help you with this. You can come to us. We have great relationships with a lot of builders. We know a lot of the inventory that's there. Um, I will say locally, there is a good bit of building going on, still not enough, but I would say that there's enough building going on where um, there is some builder inventory that's there Mm -hmm. that is able to be negotiated. And you're not necessarily able to negotiate the price of the homes usually because they don't want to mess up appraisals, (laughs) but you're able to negotiate a lot of great incentives and we can help you with that. And we know how to do that. But what's great is that that opportunity is there locally in some spots. You just have to know where to go, where the inventory is being built. But, um, you know, I think what's going to happen is they're going to have to really ramp up building because if interest rates don't go down, you know, you're going to have people that really, really, really hold on to their home still. And I don't think that that's going to thaw out at all. No, I, I completely agree with you. And, and we're going to continue, I think, in my opinion, to have a low inventory in Tampa. Yeah. Again, it also says in this article that two of every five new homes that were built, so 42% of all single family homes that sold in 2022 were 500,000 or more and that was up from under 30% in 2021 and under 18% in 2020 so obviously overall market prices have went up since then and that's nationally yes the overall market prices have went up since then but um to go from 18% in 2020 that were over 500,000 to Forty-two percent—that's substantial. Substantial, especially when you combine it with the rate increase, because the rate increase right there—you know—people think, oh, it's pricing that makes this really unaffordable. You know, when you look on paper and you look—if you calculate the different rates on things—it really is the rates. You know, I, I, I hate to sound like, oh, prices can be whatever, but it really is the rates. And it's the same thing when you buy a car. I mean, when you look at, oh, what's your rate on the car loan? What's your rate on the house loan? I mean, it's the rates that make the biggest difference in that that pricing I'm, or right. what you're going to pay per month. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, because pricing, to your point, it hasn't gone down. Of course, we ha- we're not at the multiple offer, 10 offer situation during the COVID times. I get that. Have they cam- come down a little bit since then? Um perhaps maybe a tick. We're not going to see them come down to pre-COVID levels. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no way. And I, I believe that. So they're going to stay stagnant. 
I feel, and to your point, even with rates at seven, seven and a half, even if they come down to six, it does make it um, expensive. Yeah. And it says on here, four Florida communities, new built communities, are among the best selling in the U.S. What do you think number one is in Florida? The best selling community? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Fish He's Hawk. thinking Fishhawk. No, no, not Fishhawk. Sorry, that's coming from somebody that lives in these hills. It's actually the villages. Now, have you been up to the villages? I have. I have I will you? tell you. I well, here's the thing. I drove from two seven or from seventy five over to the turnpike going north the other day. And I've taken that road many a time. And I don't know, it's like four seventy. It's something some back road. You drive by mm. some plant and I don't know, it's way back there. It's usually a quiet two lane road. It's been about a year and a half since I've taken that road, but There was some traffic on I-4, and it sent us way up there and and then took us over to Orlando. We got off there, and we're driving, and it looks totally normal until (laughs) you get about five minutes off this road, and it is not anything that I recognize. As far as you can see, and when I tell you as far as you can see, I'm not exaggerating, and I've grown up in real estate. I mean, I know real estate. I've seen construction. I don't... that. I'm usually like, great, there's a new neighborhood over there. It looks good. This was as far as you could see. They have they have the land cleared. They're putting in piping. They're putting in power. They're putting in, I mean, there was fire stations being built. There was plazas being built. I mean, it's all under construction. Hospitals. There's nothing. The fire trucks that they had were in a tent it, with a little building that was temporary while the fire station's being built. And there's gates up. And it says, and I'll say the villages. This is a villager entrance. This is all the villages. And this was, now the villages has always been there, but it's been farther away than this spot. The idea that this was all being built, not at the same time. I mean, it's all at the same time. I've never seen, even as a real estate professional, I've never seen anything like this. The road have been transformed into these huge roundabouts and there's nothing there now. And just to imagine that it's all going to be there within probably two, three years. It was mind-blowing to me. And they're, they're going to continue. Uh, continue. <laughs> yeah. So they're I, buying up so much idea, land. <laughs> and it's a mega retirement community, um, if, if people aren't familiar with it. Um, but I mean, and I know it's the number one growing area in the country. When you look at it, it's that's the statistics. But to see it in person was really shocking to me. So I would tell you, in the villages, maybe they are building enough homes. Maybe that's where all of our new inventory is right. going. It's, it's all in the, in the middle of Florida. <laughs> but in our area, I wish they would just, you know, do the same thing. But it was it was pretty shocking to see. So if you guys, I mean, if you go and want to take that side road from 75 to the turnpike, you will be in awe. But anyway. I hope you get there if you want to give us a call. We'll, we can sell your home and get you there if you're ready to retire to the right. villages. But uh, again, give us a call, 813-359-8990. We'll be back right after this quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. We're back here for our final segment here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. Thanks for sticking with us this Sunday and every Sunday. I'm Robert Johnson, president of the Duncan Duo here with Joseph Guistella. There you go. I got it. Okay. Yeah. Last segment, got it right. Sounded good. This is a guy I work with every day. I'm still trying to figure out how to pronounce his last name. <laughs> so, uh, we wanted to finish up with a little list. We like doing lists sometimes here. A list came out this week that are luxury features that buyers want. 
I thought this went well with our luxury segment stuff that we're talking about here today. Just things that have pulled, um, you know, when they pull buyers, they're looking at what they want for houses above a certain price point. You know, I think it was 500,000, anything above 500,000. What were buyers key features? Number one, smart home features. I wouldn't think that was number one. Yeah, I wouldn't think so either. Because to me, I feel like smart home features most of the time can be added and most of them can be added over the course of time and not very expensively. Like it's easy to retrofit those things. To me, when I think of luxury, I think of stuff that's there that's expensive to add or um, that's ingrained in the property. And I think smart home features, smart ovens, smart appliances, thermostats, you know, things like that, that can be added later. But apparently that was the number one thing that buyers wanted. You know? Wow, that's surprising. Lighting to me. by control. I mean, you know, hey, We'll give you that option to add that. We can figure that out with you. But <laughs> of course, I think that's, uh, I'm surprised at that one. But number two, modern open floor plans. So, that was, I, I thought that was number one. You know, but it says here, even though there's been a shift that some buyers wanting homes with borders now. Yes. That more are still drawn to those with open concepts. Now, I would tell you that this is a little flawed because even though more people by percentage may be still saying they want open floor plans. It has really shifted. If you would have pulled three, five years ago, I would say, oh yeah, 90% want an open floor plan. But now maybe only 60% want an open floor plan. I, I agree with you. And you're seeing that come back. And I would tell you that it should be more are shifting towards closed, you know, older style floor plans, because I think what happened is I don't think people want a lot of little tiny rooms. I don't think they want a confusing layout, but I think they really, I think we went, the pendulum swung way too far to an open floor plan and you had this large home and you could be in the middle of it and you could never get privacy unless you went to your bedroom. Right. Just four walls. Exactly. Or exterior walls. So I think that there's almost like a hybrid coming back, but according to this open floor plans is on the list. Number three, an outdoor kitchen. Yes. I could see that. Outdoor kitchens, What's what I think is also odd about this, uh, but I think this is true. But outdoor kitchens were very, very big, I would tell you, back in the previous real estate bubble. You know, I don't think we're in a bubble, but back when the market was crazy, 05, I'm 06. thinking 06, when yes. the outdoor kitchens really started to come huge, on. Huge, yeah. Yes. They were a huge feature. And then they totally- With the Mediterranean-style yes. homes and stuff. Oh, yes. yeah. <laughs> you remember that? But they totally went away. They that was a feature nobody wanted. People were taking out, nobody used. But now you've seen it come way back. Now what I think is it's very what I think is that it's very, very expensive to build on to your home, build another room, you know, expand your home. It's one of the most expensive things you can do. You might as well move. But what people have done is they've really made the out the outdoor space another room. And they're doing that by putting in a pool, doing a lot of outdoor hardscaping, doing things like outdoor kitchens, patio area. You can sit at. they've really, especially in areas like Florida, California, Arizona, they've really taken the inside and made it flow to the outside, almost creating that other room. That's what. Yeah, I agree with you. I see a lot of buyers. And going back to uh, number two, the open floor plan, I'm seeing a lot of people wanting the separated dining room. Uh, separated living rooms. So really back to, what would you think, 80s, 90s 70s. even? 70s. 70s, right. So we're kind of, we're going full circle here, but 
to your point, even in the 70s and 80s, they would have a divided up home, but it's 1,200 square feet, right? right? Which nowadays we're making homes bigger and bigger to accommodate um, our needs. Yeah. I have a 1976 home and it's a large home, but it's, you know, from the 70s. When we bought it, we were, oh, we're going to open this whole thing up. No. Nope. Right. Now everybody that comes, they're like, oh, I like this. This is so cozy. You know, the living room and the dining room are like one room. It's open, but then there's a separate family room, a kitchen with an eat-in area that's separate, and then there's a den. I mean, there's a lot of separate spaces, which we really appreciate now that our kids are older. <laughs> but anyway, number four, saltwater pools. I would tell you in Florida right now, that's probably number one. And you've kind of seen that since COVID, since our market changed. When I used to meet with somebody, you say, oh, this pool doesn't add that much value, you know, maybe 10,000. Now, nope, it adds a lot of value. It's a ton. People want those pools. They're very expensive to put in. That's one of the things. And right. when you're purchasing a home with a pool, it's part of the mortgage. You know, it's, it's already paid for. It's part of the home. So, And it can be inconvenient to put in. You almost it, Sometimes you have to get your neighbor's permission to drive through his lawn to do a fence. It's an absolute nightmare. Number five on the list, upgraded owner suite. When they say this, they mean like with a spa bath, with a walk-in closet, with built-in storage, you know. Again, what they say, kitchens and master baths sell a home. And with an updated owner suite, that's kind of what you're seeing. Um, I'm surprised that Modern Kitchen isn't on here, but, you know, I think that that, you know... I don't know. I don't. I don't know what classifies that. But with the stuff that's on here, I'm surprised that's not there, as opposed to like smart home features. Because I would tell you that more people, especially locally, look at the kitchen, look at the master bath, look to see if it has a pool. You know those kind of things. But generally, that's a that's a pretty good list of stuff. And again, if you're looking for a home with those features, we have a lot of homes we can help you to get into. Give us a call. 813-359-8990. Find us on socials. We're the Duncan Duo team. We're pretty much on every social site, Instagram, Facebook. I think we have a TikTok. I don't even know. We got everything. We're on everything. We'll chat with you there. Go to our website, duncanduo.com. Thanks for joining us this Sunday, Tampa Bay, and have a great rest of your day. Thanks.